Father, we have heard it, we have sung it, that we will follow you all the way, down in the valley, up in the hill, everywhere we go, we desire that you lead us. Speak forth your word, O God, even to us this morning, that our hearts may be strengthened in following you, that we will follow you religiously and seriously. In the name of Jesus. And Father, as I speak for your word, may I speak only that which you have asked me to, and may the others be kept aside. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Our topic this morning is in the footsteps of the Master. In the footsteps of the Master. And this topic is coming at a season in Christendom that we call Epiphany. When we remember that truly Jesus had been made manifest to the Gentiles. So Jesus having been made manifest to us, what is then next is to follow in his footsteps. Praise the Lord. Now, but if we take a critical look at that statement, we will realize that somehow it is, there's something before it, which if we now add to it, we will fully understand the topic and we can all just go home. And what is that? Pressing towards the mark in the footsteps of the master. Pressing towards the mark in the footsteps of the master. Can we all just say it? Pressing towards the mark in the footsteps of the master. Or you may say pressing towards the final destination. Pressing towards the final bus stop in the footsteps of the master. You know, in every journey, in every destination, you, you decide to go to somewhere. There will definitely be a road that leads to that place. And the road that you decide to travel in life, of the many roads that we have, determines exactly where your destination will be. Where the mark for you will be. But suffice it to say that we can just summarize the destination of man into either of two destinations. One is heaven and the other is hellfire. Those are the two destinations. And these destinations have roads that lead to them. Praise the Lord. Scripture tells us about these roads in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, I read from verse 13. It says, Enter the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. And so one way is the broad way. 
Verse 14 says, Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. And so the other way is the narrow way. I mean, we had had a Bible study on this last year, and so I'm very sure that in our minds it's very clear. Yet there is another way. I mean, Another way that we will find in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. Can we just open our Bibles and look at that way? If you find it, just read. A seemingly third way. Proverbs 14.12 There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. In other words, the third way is the way that seems right. And if you look at it critically, you will still find that that way that seems right is still the broad way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No wonder Paul says, let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Because that is the channel through which many of us who are Christians are likely going to, if we are not careful, enter into the broad way. Through the narrow way. Does it really matter? Just a lie. Just this once. I would ask the Lord to forgive me. Just this one time. The narrow way. The broad, sorry, the broad way. <laughs> the seemingly right way that leads to the broad way. Praise the Lord. You know, but our interest this morning, brethren, is basically on the narrow way. That's narrow way that leads to eternal life. That's basically what we'll be talking about this morning. It is this road that leads to, this way is the way that leads to the mark, the mark that we've been talking, we've started talking about this year, that our daddy has told us so much about already. This narrow way will require some level of pressing, as we also heard last Sunday. Pressing because along the way, there are obstacles. I mean, even if we use our human mind to analyze it, most of the time, <laughs> narrow roads are narrow because there are what? Obstacles around it. That's why sometimes you have Enugu, what do you call them again? Say, hey, remove your vehicle from the road. Because when you have all those obstacles on the way, it does what? It narrows the way. And once you are traveling on a road that is narrow, you will need Complete alertness. Praise the Lord. You will not only need to be alert, you will also need a lot of help. You will need what? A lot of help. You know, some time ago, there was something that was very common in Nigeria. People, when they go to a particular place, they say, uh, you know, they, you, you just ask them the slightest chance they have. They say, I've been to this place, I've been to, been to, been to. And you begin to wonder why they want to say they have been to the, been to that place, been to that place, been to that place. 
It is because they want to make you ready. In case you want to go there, they they have a lot of stories to tell you. They want to let you know that many times it is also pride. Or somebody travels to a place and he wants to get a tour guide to guide him to make the journey, the visit, seemingly easier. We also have police dogs. And the police use them. Because there are dangers on the way. It's possible that there are bombs one place or the other. And these police dogs have been trained to be able to detect where these bombs are. As you begin to travel along with them. Praise the Lord. And that is also the reason for which we have marriage counselors. People who are already traveling that direction before you. And so they want to also guide you. Praise the Lord. Now our destination, our final destination, the mark that we are targeting, is not the one that needs that kind of tour guide that we just described. Truly, for that kind of destination, for us to realize it, we need to know the way. You know, the prophecies this morning, I don't know what word to use. They were simply amazing. Every single thing that the Lord has asked me to say this morning, He has just, He just said them again. We need to know the way. John chapter 14. Can we just open our Bibles to John chapter 14? From 1 to 6. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where? In my father's house. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you. I will come again and receive you. That where I am, you may also be. And whither I go, you know. And the way, you also know. Verse 5 says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not where you go. How can we know the way? Thomas, you know, if you look at this, Jesus had said it, that I go to the Father to prepare a place for you. And he's asking again for the way. He says, I will come and take you. And Thomas is yet here asking, where are you going? We don't even know where you're going. How much more the way? And look at verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Did you see that? The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, you are going to come to the Father. You are going to come by the way. And Jesus was simply saying, I am the way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
But the question is, if you are going to follow the way, you're going to follow the way, you will first of all need to have known Jesus before you begin to follow. You know, in our homes, we usually tell our children, ah, even in church, we tell them, please, if somebody comes and wants to, don't follow somebody you don't know, don't follow them, don't open the door for somebody you don't know. So before you are able to follow somebody, it is important, it is necessary that you would ultimately, first of all, know the person before you begin to follow. Ask your neighbor, have you known the Lord? Do you know Jesus? It is only when you know him, the way, that you will be able to follow in his footsteps. Praise the Lord. And, I mean, I don't need to remind us that footsteps signify that somebody has been in a particular place. I mean, once you see footsteps, you will know that someone has been here. So footsteps are things you can actually, you can see it, that, oh, somebody has been here. But not just that someone has been here. Most likely, the person that has been here, you're just looking at the footsteps. He has also done what? Left. And where has he gone to? He has gone to be with the Father. But he left footsteps. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119, verses 104 to 105. Scripture says, Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you remember John chapter 1 from verse 1? It says, in the beginning was what? The word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says, all things we are made by him. And nothing was made that was made without him. And he goes further and says, In him was life. And the life was what? The light of man. Is the same light? Praise the Lord. And so, you can see the footsteps. You can see it. You can, you, you will know that, oh, this is the way that Jesus wants me to follow. This is how he has walked. You know, some people, when they go to Jerusalem, they will tell you, they want to visit those places where Jesus has gone to. If they say, Jesus touched this table, they will want to touch the table. As much as that is okay, and there's nothing wrong with it, but that touch must also not be physical. There should also be a spiritual putting our feet exactly into where he has walked. People of God, praise the Lord. Now, footsteps, apart from the fact that we can see footsteps, we can also hear footsteps. This is the one that makes many people scared sometimes. When they are alone, they hear footsteps and they are worried. Ah, whose footsteps are these? 
And so the Lord's footsteps, surprisingly, can also be heard. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, you know, we also heard this during the prayer, saying, this is the way. This is what? The way, the way, not a way. This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right, and when you turn to the left. So, when, whichever direction you want to move to, you will hear a word behind you saying what? This is the way. The footmarks are there. Do not deviate. Follow it. It will lead you home. And that way is Jesus. No wonder the songwriter says, Lead us, Heavenly Father, lead us. Over the world's tempestuous sea. He says, Guide us, guard us, keep us, feed us, for we have no help but thee. Praise the Lord. And in verse 2, he says, Savior, breathe forgiveness over us. All our weakness thou dost know. Thou distress this earth before us. Thou didst feel its keenest woes. Faint and weary, lone and dreary. Through the desert thou dost go. Now let's consider Father Abraham. God calls Father Abraham, appears to Father Abraham and says, Father Abraham, leave your family, leave your household. That is, leave the inner caucus of, your, of those things that you cherish the most, that have been there with you for a very long time. Leave them. And do what? Follow me. To a land that I will show you. The land Abraham did not know. But the way he knew. How do I know? Scripture says that Abraham was a friend of God. And so he knew the way. He may not have known the way as in turn left, turn right, go the, go the, but he knew the way. The way, who knew the way? I hope I'm not confusing us. He knew the master Jesus. Now let's consider the Israelites. God also gave them a destination. From Abraham. He says, I will take you to a land of Canaan. The land flowing with milk and honey. The road. The physical road. They also did not know. And there were so much obstacles along the way. Those same obstacles have not vanished from our way today. From our direction. From the narrow path. It hasn't vanished. Exodus chapter 13 from verse 17. Scripture says that it came to pass that when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, perhaps the people change their minds when they see war. In other words, <laughs> war was waiting. If they had taken that way, and the Israelites will begin to, they will be afraid. Their hearts will faint, and they will want to turn back. And so God said, no. 
Yes, there will be war along the way, but little by little, they will master it. And so he took them through the wilderness. Praise the Lord. So verse 18, it says, So God led them around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. First Corinthians chapter 10, 7 to 10. Makes it clear to us exactly the challenges that these people went through. The challenges that were on the way, even as they traveled. First Corinthians 10, 7 to 10. Please read if you find it. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan reverie. Praise the Lord. Just hold on. Do not be idolaters. So, idolatry was waiting along the way. And for many of them, he caught up with them. Has idolatry ceased to be on the way of our Christian journey today? It hasn't. Many of us worship different things. You might say, yes, I don't have an, I, I don't have a, a graven image, an image, I don't have it in my house. But the way we place our hearts on material things, ah, this car, this car, oh, somebody just touches the car, it is a problem for you. You begin to have high blood pressure because somebody has touched the car. Idol worship. It hasn't disappeared. Go on. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. Praise the Lord. By the way, this idol worship, it didn't only present itself to the people of... You know, Jesus himself was presented with a similar challenge when the, the, the devil in, in Matthew chapter 4 was saying to him, all of these, all of these, the kingdoms of the world I'm ready to give to you. All you need to do is to bow down and worship me. <laughs> and what did Jesus say? He returned... He, 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 he responded also from scripture. And he said to him, only get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall not bow down or worship any other God. You shall serve only the Lord your God. Jesus, his way of approaching the issue of idolatry. In fact, nearly every possible challenge that may come our way was to also go back to what is written in scripture. Now, the next one you just mentioned is fornication. Fornication was also waiting along the way. Has it vanished from our way today? You know, this race that we are running is not as if Jesus just handed them over to us. Direct. There were those that he directly handed the race over to, the baton over to. They ran and they are now handing over to us. And so Joseph had been there. And how did he escape? Scripture said he removed his shirt and took off. The word is that he fled. Praise the Lord. Please read on. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord, the Lord as some of them did. And we are killed by snakes. Yes, some versions will say should not, they tempted Christ. They wanted food. All that was in the, all they were interested in was food, 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 food. Jesus was also tempted with that. And what did he say? That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
Praise the Lord. Please go on. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and we are killed by the destroying Praise angel. Praise the Lord. Murmuring, grumbling, has not left us today. Hey, don't I know that I came to church, nobody recognized me, but they recognized Sister Joma. Seemingly little things. Did you see how he greeted me? He did not greet me very well. He should, he didn't, there must be something in his mind. Grumbling. Okay, they let him sing today. Each time he's singing, they never let me sing. I'm going to leave this church. Grumbling. It has not left the pathway. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, how did the Israelites navigate this? We know that many of them died in the course of this journey. But those of them who survived, how did they navigate? How did they overcome? Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. Are we there? Exodus thirteen twenty-one. I read. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Light in the beginning. And this light... It wasn't just that he just he gave them light to see. The light also led the way. So as to go by day and by night. So no time was lost. Praise the Lord. Verse 22 says, He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, in case you're just thinking that when you say God went before them, you know, going before them, footsteps, this cloud is not just cloud, the time that you look up and you just see cloud. That, that, that's not it. In case you're thinking that that is what it is, look at Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33, verse 9. See the way scripture describes this cloud. It says, And it came to pass... When Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door. And stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Verse 10 says, all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. Jesus was leading the way. And all the people rose and worshipped. Who were they worshipping? They were worshipping the man of the cloud. Each man in his tent's door. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, if we consider carefully John chapter 14 that we have already read, you will begin to realize that Jesus has told us. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one will come to the Father except through me. You will not get to Canaan, people of Israel, without this cloud, without this fire that gives light, the light of men. In Ephesians chapter 5, where we took our lesson from, we begin to see the examples that scripture leaves for us. That it says that Jesus has been here. Jesus, God left us an example in Jesus. That we should therefore be wary of fornication, covetousness, foolish talking. You know, this foolish talking is one that is, 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 is relatively common amongst brethren. You really don't know what to say and what. It's not everything that you will, you, you will say. Of all the proverbs in the world, why is it that it is that one that you must give? I'm sure that there are many proverbs with which to describe a particular thing. But you want to use proverbs that will, um, because people of God, we know what we are talking about. Many people have also successfully traveled along this journey before us. And they have left footprints. As Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. So, you know, the, 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 the prophecy also hinted this this morning. Who will follow you? What footprints have you left for people to follow? Even in your own family. We're not here talking about your place of work. In your own family. Can you comfortably say, say you have left footprints that your children will follow and the Lord will be proud of it? And that when they follow it, it will lead them to the Father. Can you comfortably and com- can you, can you just say that, that yes, I'm sure I have let, left good footprints. The writer of Hebrew and even Paul describes this our journey as a race. In Hebrews chapter 12, we'll find it. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we also find it. And in this race, just like the race that, I don't know if people watch Olympics, there's this one they call hurdles. When you are running, there's a mark, there's a finishing line. But as you're running, there are obstacles on the way. And as you're running, you need to scale those obstacles to be able to get to the finishing point. Some people, when they are running, they hit the obstacle down, but they keep running. It is therefore true that in this race, that sometimes we fall hitting the obstacles. But if we lose sight of the steps that we are following, we will enter through the way that Simet writes. And from there, we are in the Broadway. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Can we confidently say, even today, that we have fought the good fight? We have finished the, you know, we have finished the race. We have kept the faith. Is this something that you can boldly say? That yes, 
if Jesus appears now and I'm going to tell him, Father, truly, I have fought the good, good, good fights. Have you followed the footsteps? We have all been called to follow. You know, when Jesus was calling the first few disciples, Peter, um, Peter, James, Andrew, he told them, he said, follow me. And scripture records that immediately he told them, follow me. They left all they were doing and they followed him. They left even their father and they followed him. We have been called. What have you left? A man comes to Jesus and says, Father, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. And Jesus says to him, Follow me then if you want to follow me. He says, But master, wait first. I will follow. But first, let me go and bury my father. You know, the, the, the problem with that was not that he was going to bury his father. The problem was that he was first going to do something else before he puts his eye on the footsteps. He was first going to do something else. Whereas scripture reminds us that we should seek first the kingdom of God, which is our destination, and that every other thing will be added unto us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In whose footsteps have you been planting yours? This race that we are running, scripture makes us realize that there are rules. You don't run it anyhow. Even just like the earthly race that we know, you, you don't run anyhow. The time you, when you like. There has to be preparation. And you can be disqualified along the way. You can be replaced. The race track is narrow. And there are hurdles along the way. It is a marathon. And so you need endurance. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. From verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every sin, which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us. We must travel light in this journey. We need to travel light. We need to travel light. If you have a lot of baggage, it will weigh you down. You won't be able to follow. The prophecy also talked about unforgiveness. And there's a scripture I want to share with us as I begin to round off. You know, Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at that scripture. Matthew 5.23. Sometimes when we read this scripture, we, we really don't get the full import of what it is saying. Matthew 5.23. If you find it, read. Matthew 5.25 Therefore, if you're offering your gift... Therefore, if... Go on. If you're offering your gift at the altar, 
And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Hold it there. And remember that it's not that your brother has offended you. He says, and remember that your brother has something against you. You know, that's something that he has against you. If you go to the law courts, they can say you are innocent. That is the truth about it. But scripture says, if you remember that he has something against you, it is not whether, it is not saying that you have offended your brother. Mm-mm. That he has something against you. You must do what? Drop your gift and go back and say, brother, please, uh, that thing that is making you unhappy, let's settle it. Hmm? Forgive me. Oh, let's, let, let's move ahead. That is what this scripture is saying. And then you will go back and begin to follow the footsteps. That's what it is saying. In this race, we must also encourage and compliment. The essence is not to merely finish. It is to finish well. Remember, as we have said already, there are spectators clapping for us as we are running along, saying, wake up, continue. I've been there, Jesus particularly, saying, wake up, I've been there. I was flogged, I was beaten, I was revived, I didn't revive back. I was, I was abused. I was, this was done to me. That was done to me. I forgave. Continue. Wake up. Continue. Keep on moving. You're almost there. You're almost there. Every unnecessary weight must be let to go. Every sin that is familiar, that easily comes around. We know them. Scripture keeps talking about fornication. We must let them go. And brethren, we must remember that this is not an ordinary race. In this race, there is a supreme prize. You're not running for nothing. There is a prize. There is a crown of glory. And there is a judge who is just. You cannot bribe. Or they cannot say, oh, no, he's from U.S., so they can allow him. The judge is an American. Oh, it's because I'm a black. Mm -mm. The judge is just. We all may not begin the race, or may not have begun the race at the same time. But one thing is important. Entry into the race or recruitment is not open forever. Did we hear that, brethren? In other words, it is not necessarily when you wake up anytime you like. Okay, I want to do it in two, in two years time. Entry is not open forever. Because we do not know when the Lord will come. Or when the Lord will require of us our souls. We do not know. Let us pray. You want to surrender to the leadership of Jesus. You want to follow the cloud. You want to follow even the light that leads to our final destination. Can we just see your hand and we'll pray with you? The road is long. The road is rough. Ask the Lord to yet lead us. The sin that so easily besets that we may put our eyes focused on him who is the author and finisher of our faith. 
and you have not given your life to him, just say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am sorry. I have not heard the call that has been coming forth for a long time. Father, forgive me. I believe you came and died for my sake. I believe that if I were the only one who was on this world, you would still have come and died for me. Have mercy on me. Wipe away my, my name from the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Put your Holy Spirit in me. That I may visibly and all the time see thy footmarks and follow it. In the name of Jesus. If you said that prayer, can I just see your hand? My brother, you will just say after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that today you have found me. I have decided to follow you. I will not turn back. Not anymore. I have put my hand on the plow. I will not turn back. Help me, O oh Lord, to continue in this race until we get even to the Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your son who has believed in his heart that Jesus came and died for him. Thank you, O Lord, because as he has confessed with his mouth, O Lord, you have counted him even as one of yours. He is now on the narrow road even to eternal life. Father, continually guide and protect him every day of his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise because you have dealt so kindly with us. You have gone ahead of us even to speak to us that which you desire that we hear. We are deeply grateful. Father, in ways we have offended against you, in ways we have not followed you, oh God, we pray that you will forgive us. That from today henceforth, Lord, may we continue to follow your footsteps, and not the footsteps of any man, that ultimately, oh God, we will find ourselves in your kingdom with the Father. Thank you, Lord, for answers to our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray.